This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. This year, Fluxus turns 50. In a new exhibit at the Zimmerle Art Museum at Rutgers University in New Brunswick, the radical and experimental art movement known, usually, as Fluxus is getting the retrospective treatment. At, around, beyond, Fluxus at Rutgers focuses on the university's legacy as a hotbed of avant-garde activity. The exhibition was organized by Donna Gustafson, the Andrew W. Mellon liaison for academic programs. I spoke with her recently at the Zimmerle Art Museum. So for a curator, uh, putting together an exhibition of Fluxus art has to be one of the toughest jobs, right? You know, Fluxus is a difficult thing to show in an art museum because it's based on performance and play and interaction between the objects and the audience. And of course, in a museum, generally the objects are locked away in cases and you're not allowed to touch them. And it becomes, you know, sort of more of a relic of a, of a past time than an actual interactive sort of group of objects. So one of the things that I really struggled with was how to try to present Fluxus as a living thing. And um, one of the things we did do was to invite Larry Miller, who's a contemporary artist who lives in New York and was actually someone who got his MFA at Rutgers in 1970. So he lent us a, um, a piece that he produced called Fruit and Vegetable Chess. And it's a big oversized chessboard that we fill with um, fruits on one side and vegetables on the other. And basically, it's open for anyone to come in and play in the gallery. And it basically is the fruits versus the vegetables. Um, so it's been you know, a great thing. It brings you know, a new kind of smell into the um, gallery. It lets people touch things. Those things are very organic. So it brings a whole sense of, of liveliness to the exhibition. And people can play sound chess, which is also a chess set where every piece looks exactly the same. And the only difference is you have to pick each one up and rattle it around and hear the sound that it makes. And then you have to try to remember, once you've moved it off its home base, what piece it is. And in order to remind yourself, you have to sort of rattle it again and figure out if it's a pawn, or is it the king, or is it the queen. So as you can imagine, it's, it's the sort of game that nobody plays for more than five minutes. And Fluxus art is multimedia, right? It can be any kind of media, whether it's like sound or film or anything else. Well, you know, um, John Cage, who is famous for um, Four Minutes and 33 Seconds of Silence, which was a piece that he wrote um, for a piano but for many other instruments and basically entailed a person coming onto the stage, sitting at the piano, opening the keyboard cover and sitting there for the duration of the piece, basically, and not playing a sound. So John Cage was, was a very inspirational person for the Fluxus people. So there is a lot of sound. There's a lot of, quote unquote, music. There's a lot of um, you know, activity that has to do with the way music is presented to an orchestra. So that, for example, in the, in the exhibition, there's also a piece which is called In Memoriam for um, Charlotte Mormon and Namjoon Pike by an artist named Jeffrey Hendricks. And in fact, what it is is a smashed violin. And it's a relic of a piece that was performed in Chicago. And um, the piece requires that the person who is the, um, the artist 
performing, takes a violin and raises it to the top of his arm extension and then very quickly smashes it down and basically breaks the violin. And of course people get very upset about that because it's a violin, but it, the only violins they ever destroy are very badly made violins or violins that are about to be thrown out. So there's never a um, willful destruction of a beautiful instrument. It's always meant to be a sort of surprise, you know, this is another way to play a violin, in fact. Um, so what we have in the exhibition is this broken violin in a violin case with a documentation about the performance. Where did the word fluxus come from and, and why did these artists choose that word? Well, fluxus um, is a word that George Machunas came up with. And George Machunas, for people who know about fluxus, he is known as Mr. Fluxus. He was the sort of empresario and the center for all this activity. So between 1962, when he invented the word fluxus and decided that was the name of this group, until his death in 1978, he was really the center of fluxus. So. And he pulled it out of the dictionary. It meant you know, to flow, to move, and that's what he meant fluxus to be, something without any boundary, without any real definition. It was something that was ever-expanding and ever-moving. And location is significant here. A lot of Fluxus art happened at Rutgers University, where we're sitting right now. Tell me about the artists who were living and working here in New Brunswick, New Jersey in the 60s. Well, um, you're absolutely right. Fluxus was, um, one, one person described it as a seedbed for Fluxus activity at Rutgers. And um, it was because Alan Capro was here. Alan Capro is the man who invented the happening in the late 1950s. Robert Watts was here. And um, Jeffrey Hendricks was here, and George Brecht was te was not a, really a member of the faculty at Rutgers, but he he was a um, chemist at Johnson and Johnson, and he was very good friends with the people at Rutgers. And all of these people, when I say at Rutgers, they were really based on Douglas Campus because at the time, Douglas Campus was where the art um, school was because there was no Mason Gross School of the Arts yet. So all of these people were at Douglas. And they were very interested in what was going on in New York. They were very interested in performance and dance and John Cage. And in fact, Bob Watts invited John Cage to come here and do a performance. He invited the Paul Taylor dancers to come and do a performance. Um, he invited all kinds of really interesting people. And so Rutgers became a center for all this experimentation. And um, before you know it, a group of students came to the university who were interested in the same thing and they started working with the faculty. George Machunis came down here and did um, something called the Flux Mass, which was a, you know, sort of an explosion of what a Catholic Mass could be, except done in a Fluxus version and it caused an incredible uproar in the university with many, many people being offended um, naturally, but other people defending the right of an artist to um, you know, have freedom of speech. So there was this big cause de celebre on campus. And um, you know, part of it, I think, was because these three people were here, Bob Watts, Jeff Hendricks, and Alan Capro. And also, actually, Roy Lichtenstein came here and taught here, too. So there was a lot of really interesting people here. And that, that sort of um, interaction between all those people is really what led to all that excitement. Some people might know the work of John Cage or Terry Riley. Most people know the name Yoko Ono. Uh, how was she involved with Fluxus? Yoko Ono was actually even doing Fluxus before Fluxus was Fluxus. So she had a loft at, on Chambers Street in New York and she had people come in and do performances in her loft. And she also was doing 
these sort of musically inspired pieces, but not really music to some people's way of thinking. Um, and she sort of hooked up with George Machunis, who wanted her to do work with him. And she always said that she was not really a Fluxus artist, even though she did work with the Fluxus artist, but she sort of was doing that before Fluxus was even, even around. One thing you come across in reading about Fluxus art is that for the artists, it wasn't a movement. Um, they all said it was more like an attitude. What is the Fluxus attitude? You know, that's a really good question. And one of the things I've noticed is every time I have to do a tour of our Fluxus show, people say, but what is Fluxus? And how do you define Fluxus? And it is an incredibly difficult thing to define. And people have struggled with it. And um, people talk about Fluxus as being an attitude or as a spirit or a way of thinking or a philosophy of life. Um, and I think that what is involved in that definition or what makes someone a fluxus person, if you can say that, is um, there's a certain sense of humor, a certain openness, a certain um, quality of being willing to let go of the conventional values, you know, I mean, because Fluxus is also about taking art out of the museums and bringing it into the street, about making every movement a work of art and stopping to notice the smallest things. So the most insignificant actions become a Fluxus event. And today, 50 years later, where do we see the influence of Fluxus in culture? Well, you know, Fluxus, the the irony is, of course, that 50 years later, Fluxus is at the Museum of Modern Art, and it's at the Zimmerle Art Museum, and it's, it's really become one of the important movements of 20th century art. But um, at its inception, it was a, you know 12 people performing for handfuls of people around the world, because people didn't really care about Fluxus, or if they did care, they came to boo at them or throw things at them. I mean, some of the Fluxus people talk about it's very different now doing a Fluxus performance than it was then. And uh, 50 years later, I think that it's been proven that Fluxus has been um, instrumental in opening up sort of the boundaries of what makes art and where where artists can go, because I think Fluxus was really instrumental in breaking apart the boundaries. Donna Gustafson, thanks very much for doing the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for coming. At Around Beyond, Fluxus at Rutgers is on view at the Zimmerle Museum's Eisenberg Gallery through April 1st. For more information on the exhibit, you can visit zimmerlemuseum.ruckers.edu. And for more information on the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence in the arts since 1966.